Welcome to Corizant Technologies, home of the Digital Executive Podcast. Welcome to the Digital Executive. Today's guest is Richard Boyd. Richard Boyd is a tech entrepreneur and expert on AI, machine learning, virtual worlds, computer gaming, and human-computer interfaces. The co-founder and CEO of artificial intelligence and machine learning company Tanjo, and the co-founder and CTO of Ultism, a simulation learning company that utilizes game technology and AI. Richard and his team work with a wide variety of industries, including energy, healthcare, defense, education, and motion pictures. He has been instrumental in creating several pioneering computer gaming companies, including Red Storm Entertainment with author Tom Clancy, iRock Entertainment with Ozzy Osbourne, and Timeline Computer Entertainment with author Michael Crichton. Richard used his expertise in 3D simulation and animation to help movie directors James Cameron, Brian De Palma, Peter Weir, and Sidney Pollack. Well, good afternoon, Richard. Welcome to the show. Uh, good afternoon, Brian. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. This is exciting. We looked at your profile and, and what you've done in your career, and we thought you'd be an amazing guest for this show. And so we're going to jump into the questions and get your story out there to the global audience. So, Richard, let's let's talk about your career a little bit as a board member, as an entrepreneur, and now you're the co-founder and CEO of Tanjo Technologies. Could you share with our audience the secret to your career growth and what inspires you? Well, uh, yeah, I think the best way to answer that question is to talk about the inspiration part because the the uh, career growth has really followed an organic, circuitous path that I think would probably be hard to duplicate. But so, yeah, I love I uh, was a liberal arts major in high school, just I mean, in college. And once I graduated, uh, discovered computers after I left UNC Chapel Hill and started uh, teaching myself to program. But I was fortunate to have met some really interesting people who, uh, you know, one of the first projects that uh, I was involved with was uh, working on a movie that James Cameron was doing down in uh, down in South Carolina called The Abyss. Uh, so I met this guy named David Smith, who was working on it at the time and building this real-time 3D software. And uh, my, my career has really evolved from there. But I've worked in the movie industry, uh, a couple of things with James Cameron and with people like Brian De Palma. I worked on the first Mission Impossible movie uh, using 3D graphics. Uh, but I, I think my myself and my team and my partners are most known for having created a number of computer gaming franchises, the most notable of which is uh, Tom Clancy's, uh, the company we did with him, Red Storm Entertainment. So Rainbow Six, Ghost Recon, if there are any gamers out there, we did that. We also did game companies with Douglas Adams. Uh, we did Starship Titanic with him, actually, help him with that. Did game companies with Ozzy Osbourne and with uh, uh, Michael Crichton. So quite an, quite an interesting uh, path. But if if I think about what inspires me, it's it's especially once I got through all of the entertainment portion of my career in movies and, and gaming, I really started focusing on taking those technologies I've been playing with in those fields of entertainment and applying them to solving really difficult problems, like particularly in education and healthcare. So what really drives me and what really gets me and my team excited is when we can solve really difficult problems in new ways. And that's generally why I'm working with new technologies like machine learning and augmented reality and virtual reality today. That's amazing. And, you know, doing something so uh, just exciting working in that industry, but then taking that 
you know, that experience and that technology and, and putting it to good use uh, and giving back. That's, that's awesome. So I appreciate the share on that, Richard. That's really exciting. So Richard, let's talk about the pandemic, you know, starting yeah. to lift, hopefully we'll go back to normalcy, but what are your plans for growth going forward with it lifted and will it be any different than the last 14 months? Well, first of all, I would say that, you know, I already had that focus on healthcare, both both individually and globally. Even when Lockheed Martin, the big aerospace company, bought my last company uh, back in 2007, I uh, ended up focusing really heavily on healthcare simulation. So using game technology to simulate hospitals and the equipment and the choreography inside hospitals. But naturally, that also led to thinking about things like the possibility of a pandemic, because by then we were already looking at things like SARS and and other uh, other potential pandemics. And I'd gone to you know, the UK and had dinner with uh, uh, Richard Dawkins, who talked quite a bit about, you know, he's one of the most eminent biologists on the planet today. And he always talked about how we were likely to see a virus emerge that um, takes advantage of, of air travel, for example, and really gets out beyond the, the capacity for humans to control it. So I was at an event, it turns out, in 2019 at South by Southwest called Pandem- uh, Pandemic Tech. So I've got the mug from it. I've got the the t-shirt, the whole thing. We were sitting around with people from FEMA and all kinds of organizations at South by Southwest in Austin, Texas, talking about how we were going to bring technology to bear on that problem. So we had a plan and we had technologies ready to go. And uh, so that 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 was, so I was already prepared for what to do when I started you know, sensing this pandemic begin to emerge. And one of the things I knew, for example, um, just as an entrepreneur, is that some of the paths that I had in the commercial space with financial company, uh, services companies, and we were providing machine learning to you know, like all the community colleges in North Carolina and really starting to expand in higher education uh, and even in healthcare in the commercial space. And what what I knew was going to happen is everyone was going to freeze their budgets while they tried to figure out what this all meant. So I immediately pulled my team together just because I had that perspective and said, we've got to pull back all these because we had a bunch of campaigns we had launched in these other markets. I said, let's put a just put a pin in all those and let's go back and circle around to the government because the government's about to start spending a lot of money while they try to figure out how they're going to address this. And we have shovel-ready plans and ideas around this. So let's go to government. Government's going to spend money. And even if they tried to stop spending that money, they would not be able to because that's not how government spending works. I learned that at Lockheed Martin. So the last, you know, during the pandemic, we just completely focused on government. We got a couple of big CARES Act grants in North Carolina and the state of Washington and elsewhere. And actually, my team here at Tanjo uh, was a finalist for the X Prize for the Pandemic Response Challenge because of some of the technologies we brought to bear. So that's what—that's how we weathered it. We we actually doubled revenue during our um, during the pandemic. What am I going to do going forward? Well, I think we're going to see now uh, those education and healthcare, uh, entities begin to open up those budgets again and try to look at what the new reality is and where they do need technologies to bring to bear. And that's, that's going to be our focus going forward. 
Great. I appreciate you sharing, um, you know, having a little bit of preparation, obviously puts people a little bit ahead of the game, but I'm glad that you were able to uh, weather the storm and actually do better during this. So I appreciate it. So Richard, this is a technology platform and publication, and we want to talk a little bit about that. You're obviously leveraging some new and emerging technologies within your tech stack. Is there anything you can share with us today? Well, I think there's there's so much. I mean, we could do a pretty long session on this, but one of the things that my eclectic career has taught me when, you know, when I was at Lockheed, um, I had a team building, you know, we were we were essentially patenting technologies in VR, AR, AI, and machine learning. And I just realized the immense power of these capabilities. And the central idea I would try to you know, I'm always evangelizing anybody who's within earshot is that, hey, we're in the middle of the information age. Things are really different now. And everybody needs to be thinking about uh, what should humans be doing in your enterprise? And your, no matter if you're running a, a institution of educate, higher education or you're running a bank or you're running a government agency or any other business, you need to be thinking about what should humans be doing with their effort? And their attention, and I think about you know those two things, and what should we be turning over to automation, AI, machine learning, and some of those technologies? Anybody who gets that balance right is going to succeed and prosper. And, and in fact, those who don't get that balance right not only won't be competitive, but will become irrelevant. I think very soon. Um, and we've just got lots and lots of, of examples around that. So the technologies we're working with right now are in the fields of process automation. So things that humans used to do like um, healthcare reimbursement codes or even you know even uh, accountants who go and review your books and try to audit uh, a business. I think all of that is going to be automated soon. We won't even need end of year accounting. And that's a very provocative thought, right? Instead, it'll be real time all the time done by expert uh, AI and machine learning type systems. So that when you think about the impact of that, it definitely displaces, you know, what we always thought of as really safe, you know, white collar career um, pursuits, but it, it, it disrupts everything. So, so I, I think that that idea of balance is really key, but then looking at, um, and this is where we're focused now is we're sort of beyond just process automation. Now we're starting to think about behavior, like human behavior and how to model that. And that's really the source of the uh, of the uh, XPRIZE finalist uh, award we got was that we were looking at human behavior. And I'll just give you my short little quip on that is, you know, when we look at things like biological viruses, well, they abound in nature. But what makes a biological virus a pandemic is uh, bad human behavior, people not behaving the way they should. And the same thing comes, you know, when you look at education, how does uh, how does a bad idea turn into human beings storming the Capitol in the U.S. or flying an airplane into a building or whatever? That's an education issue. So, again, that's where we're focused is how do we bring technologies like machine learning and AI to bear on better human behavior for better population health outcomes, better education outcomes? Great. I certainly appreciate the share on that. Um, I think everybody right now is really looking at it. They haven't already at least uh, did some research on uh, process automation, you know, using technologies like GD, G, 
GPT-3 or NLP, mm-hmm. RPA, those sorts of things, um, uh, they certainly will be. So again, really do appreciate that, Richard. So Richard, let's talk uh, here about your career a little bit. Maybe you can help our audience out, someone in our audience. Could you share something from your career experience that might be helpful for those looking to grow their career in technology or entrepreneurship? Sure. I mean, I, I do a lot of that sort of mentorship today because I feel like I have, having created six six different um, startups, selling uh, three of them, um, and then I'm operating two more right now. Uh, I feel like I'm, I have no shortage of lessons learned and ways not to do things, which I'm eagerly, you know, I'm very eager to share with people. But one of the things I would say is that that's worked well with me is um, is surrounding myself with people that are smarter than me. Uh, on whatever subject, right? So I just have, I'm always looking to collect those people. And that's how I met, you know, Reed Hoffman, who as uh, a guy started LinkedIn, right? One of the original PayPal mafia guys with Elon Musk and Peter Thiel, um, just looking for those kinds of people. Um, and Joey Ito, who is the director of the MIT Media Lab, or Alan Kay, who's a friend of mine. Um, so look for those people to to give you the perspective you need on whatever problems that you're admiring, um, and, and one of the things, since I brought up Alan, you know, that always sticks in my head, Alan Case says that perspective is worth 80 IQ points. So if you, only, if you look around the room in your startup and everybody looks the same, you're missing IQ points because you yeah. want or they're all from the same background or the same school or whatever. You want to have a diversity of perspectives. So, you know, you mentioned at the outset, I've been on a number of boards. I was even on the board of a school that James Cameron and the director and Susie started out in Malibu, California. Um, but in every case, I've always said, make sure we've got a diversity of opinion and thought and leadership so that uh, so that you can uh, get that variety of, of uh, viewpoints. And then the other thing is, you know, when we're talking about entre- entrepreneurs, you know, it's about raising money. Um, you know, a lot of people just focus on where do I get the amount of capital that I need? But I've learned, I learned very early in my career is, you know, taking money from whether it's an angel investor or a venture capitalist, or you're pooling money among a, bu- a bunch of people that you're going to be working with, um, or you're going on the open markets, uh, it's, it's like a marriage. So you have to be very thoughtful and mindful and careful about those people that you uh, bring into your business. Do they share your passion? Do they see the world? Or do they see the problem the way you do? Do they have the same sort of mission and values that are aligned with yours? And if you get that alignment, it all works great. And when it's misaligned, um, that sometimes that doesn't work well, like in any relationship. So that's just the tip of the iceberg of the sorts of advice I provide uh, folks when they ask me. Great. Richard, I appreciate that. I think that's so important these days. You're absolutely right. We've had many guests on the show talk about you know, that 80% or that perspective or that, I'm sorry, 80 points, that IQ points, right? Perspective. Yeah. It's important to be surrounded by people that are experts in, in their area. Um, absolutely. So I, I can tell based on your success that uh, you've actually uh, lived that. So thank you for sharing. And Richard, it was a pleasure having you on today. And I look forward to speaking with you real soon. Oh, me too, Brian. It's it's a blast, and uh, and I hope you uh, you and your family have stayed safe and are prospering as we emerge from all this mess. And we're going to make a brighter future for all of us. Absolutely. Bye for now. Bye.